It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Today's show is brought to you in part by Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. Am I allowed to say balls to the wall? Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 576 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, October the 4th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We have all 32 NFL teams covered as well. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. If you're getting ready for your fantasy basketball drafts, that is High time to get ready for your seasons right now, I suppose. I don't know. I don't play fantasy basketball. But if you do, Josh Lloyd has you covered over there. And if you are a hockey fan, we are rolling out a bunch of shows on the Lockdown NHL side as well. I think we have like 17 shows as of Monday that are going to be posting daily episodes on all your favorite teams. We've got a fantasy show as well. If you're playing fantasy hockey and you need daily advice... So make sure you're checking out all of our offerings and uh, rating and reviewing the shows that you want to support. It's very helpful and very nice, and we appreciate it very, very much. All right, on today's show, I feel like we've pigeonholed this guest into just talking about people who are very hungry. Normally, she comes on to talk about Serge Ibaka's How Hungry Are You? Today, she's coming on to talk about her piece for Dime Up Rocks about how the Raptors are still very, very hungry in a not-at-all-Serge Ibaka cooking show-related way. On today's show is our pal Katie Heindel. Katie, how's it going? It's going very good, and that's a true point. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we won't always just talk about hunger in the future when you're on the show, weekly throughout the season, I might add, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll mix it up. We talk, we, talk, we talk about like hunger and feelings, which I also feel are related, so... <laughs> Literally looking forward to like getting out of our comfort zone. Yeah, well, we will today. We're not really talking about hunger in the 
you know, typical sense of the word today. We're talking about your piece for Uproxx, which was about how the Raptors are going into this season and they're extremely hungry and also kind of being overlooked, as tends to be the case with the Raptors, and especially so in a season in which they've lost Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green and have kind of been bumped back to the back burner of NBA discourse, which, you know, I guess was to be expected, and I don't really care that much. I don't necessarily... Uh, give a shit if American media let's talk about the Raptors because there's plenty of good people talking about the Raptors north of the border and also this podcast Uh, and so I feel like we can just sort of talk about the piece today sort of what was the reason you wanted to get into this topic I, I know it's kind of it's like first of all are you what are your feelings about how the Raptors not to bring up feelings again you dumb idiot um but um, like thinking about this team and how maybe it's been overlooked a little bit going into this year, like, do you care? Do you think it's like, do you feel slighted or anything as a Raptors fan, as someone who follows the team? Like, do you think, is this something that you personally care about in like a meaningful way when you're thinking about the team? Um, I think I oscillate, like I cared enough to write the piece Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I had to let myself get kind of fired up for that and then also like take a step back and write it so it wasn't just from the perspective of like uh just like a fan yeah but i also think on the other hand like we like and i i think i say this it's just like you know it's not it shouldn't be a surprise that this is sort of happening in the overall dialogue of like what this season is going to look like that the raptors have like fallen out of not just favor but like consciousness (laughs) (laughs) and that i think they'll just kind of wear it really well like they have all the other chips on their shoulders up to now and I think like you know we saw that in media day we've seen that so far just in like their preseason games and just that the attitude that they're like approaching the preseason with so I mean you get like I get kind of mad but I don't get it's I get more mad I guess if this was like not something that we were used to Mm -hmm. I See, like, yeah. the way I look at all this, I kind of am relieved more than anything that they're being viewed this way again, just because it's kind of what I'm used to. And in many ways, it was weird to have the coverage that they had last year. And at, at some points, it got exhausting. Like, I, I don't really need to hear Tracy McGrady on the jump talk about the Raptors or Paul Pierce talk about the Raptors. Like, I'm good. I, I don't necessarily care about their opinions whatsoever. Yet, we were just so exposed to them, especially as the playoffs went along, went along and the Raptors were just forcing themselves into the conversation by just being there. Um, and so, I kind of relished this return back to sort of the pre-Kawhi era feelings around the Raptors. I, I'm so looking forward to a season where there isn't much expectation, even though there maybe should be higher expectation just based on, as you lay out in the piece, all of the sort of institutional knowledge and foundation that is here still, even with Kawhi and Danny going elsewhere. I I just, I'm very much looking forward to a team that is going to be, I guess, proving the haters wrong or whatever. Like, I I don't necessarily (laughs) think it's haters as much as it is just people being excited by the flashy new thing, which is the the Clippers and the Lakers and, you know, all, all that's going on out west. Um, and obviously the Sixers and the Bucks being the sexy say, teams, like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think the thing that's bugging me most, not just because I mean at this time of the preseason, everything is speculative, and which is I think like you've got to take that as the big grain of salt with any, I don't know, any predictions. Um, it's just that like much little focus seems to be 
like less focus rather seems to be given to the fact that like how how level of a playing field like this season is in the league from like anyone in recent memory at least Mm -hmm. and i think like that's the more interesting story and angle is that like there's obviously a few contenders just by virtue of like what the lineups look like but you never know how those things are going to shake out um and just like how much opportunity there are for so many teams that's Mm -hmm. like the more exciting thing to me and i think like obviously the raptors like fit well into that and you know as i said like a huge thing that i think people don't value because you can't really put it into a statistic is just the chemistry of a team and how players get along and that's something that like the Raptors have almost been able to alchemize to their benefit by virtue of this core even when you're adding new players they just seem to have this knack for like quickly building chemistry and guys figuring out where they fit Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that like in this log of how long a season can be you can't really undervalue it at all. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this team, you know, it kind of teetered on that chemistry thing last year, right? And I am very much a believer that chemistry matters in the NBA, and I think we've seen it play out many, many times over and over. And this team did sort of teeter on that early in the year last year where you could see that there was sort of butting heads over how the offense was going to look when Kawhi had the ball versus when Kyle had the ball, when Kawhi was playing versus when Kawhi wasn't playing. And like Gasol coming in kind of tied everything together very nicely and sort of smoothed that chemistry building process along. And it was probably also much easier as a result of the sort of institutional sort of stuff that's already established with the team, right? And sort of how they can sort of blend guys in pretty easily. And, I mean, even with that sort of butting head thing that was going on with Kawhi and the rest of the team early on in terms of their styles, it's not as though there were any sort of issues. Like, Kawhi seemed happy. You know, people were sort of embracing him as part of the team. And it did sort of come together. I mean, they won, like, an insane amount of games out of the gate because of exactly that. They they were, even with the lack of, like, obvious on-court chemistry they were just so talented and and so able to overcome that but as it as the season went along and they sort of finally meshed together and the the postseason went along and it was just so clear how sort of on a string everybody was especially defensively like it it was I, I don't think you can under underrate how important them being cohesive and having good chemistry together was to them actually winning the title because they could have very easily fractured at some point during that Buck series or during the Sixers series in a way that would have ended their season prematurely. And, you know, I think t- talent-wise, this was always a team that had title upside. It was a matter of sort of making that chemistry work that got them to where they got. 
And so I, I think that applies to this season as well. Like maybe the talent's not there totally as a team that's going to, you know, very obviously stand out as a title contender. And I still am a little skeptical that like their offense is going to be good enough with Pascal going through whatever growing pains are sure to come with him taking on the reins as the number one guy. But I got to say, having read your piece uh, and sort of you laying out all of the reasons why the Raptors always tend to kind of make this type of type of thing work, I uh, was ready to run through a wall and pick the Raptors to win the East again. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's that's what I was hoping to do. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because like even as a as like a as a fan first and foremost of the team and as someone who's like written about them a lot I think you take for granted like I still take for granted all the things that are just kind of embedded in the franchise's foundation like using the developmental league you know like like getting these kinds of prospect players that don't necessarily play well on other teams or just like players that don't get a lot of minutes and then just by virtue of them coming here working through the system getting to play a lot more you know you can kind of like polish polish the like diamonds in the rough up a bit Mm -hmm. um and like I like to your point too, I think like there's something to be said about the pressure being off. Though I don't even think the pressure it wasn't so much like the pressure was on last fall with Kawhi here, it was just like more eyes on the team. Yeah. But the record, like the regular season record last year, like we talked about this before, like I don't think it's gonna be that different this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna have a really solid regular season. And they're going to get to, like, mess around quite a bit with, like, some really weird rotations, which I'm excited about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, Pascal is looking amazing. And, like, Norm is looking amazing. OG is looking great. Like, everybody is looking so good and, like, seems to have carried over this, like, not just, like, new momentum, but this, like, championship mentality. <laughs> um, but they're also, like, not taking themselves too seriously. And I honestly think, like, both of those things are such a rarity in the league like that like the NBA you know totally it does feel like they all kind of have like a bit of a fuck you edge this like in the, in the preseason <laughs> when they're getting asked about this stuff like Fred in particular like the quotes have been gold from him just like yeah no we can think we think we can repeat and you know betting on himself to one day become a starter and all this stuff like he seems his confidence seems extremely refreshed by having won the title and like for good reason that's what you win the title for is to walk around with that sort of air of brashness which you've totally earned and like everyone seems to be kind of on the same page that way which i guess is another sort of indication that everything's kind of working in the same direction with this team um let's touch on some of those individual guys because i've been trying to address them going through the preseason here but i've kind of missed a couple um let's start with fred fred has been maybe the most vocal about sort of not caring about the perception of the team and all this through preseason. He's talked a lot. Um, He's talked about himself wanting to become a starter one day and, you know, wanting to take those next steps in his career. I, you know, at at the risk of being blasphemous, I am a little concerned about his ability to potentially reach those heights. But again, after reading your piece and after hearing him talk, I'm ready to just pencil everybody in to, you know, become franchise players because why the hell not? (laughs) It's it's the preseason. This is what this is for. I don't know. How how are you feeling about Fred going into this year? How do you think sort of the, the championship and the sort of, mentality he seems to have going into this year is going to translate into what he does this season and what is a contract year for him all of a sudden and where the future of his career is going to kind of be determined yeah i have to say first that from like going from 
maybe two or three years ago when I really wanted a Fred Van Lee jersey and knowing like <laughs> I was just going to have to pay for the custom lettering to now seeing him like front and center in the new like throwback jerseys is such a good and crazy feeling at the same time mm -hmm. just to see this kind of like trajectory that he's had when now it seems when you look at it in this like condensed way it seems super fast but the thing about Fred is like his build and growth has been so steady of course but also just like methodical and and like very well planned and like articulated by him and like he knows he just always seems to know like what step to take next mm -hmm. and like where to put the work in which is why I think I don't I don't think it's like a far stretch to say he could become like a starter in any sense because I think when you look at how the team is going to build I don't want to say rebuild because I really don't think that's going to happen no. but just to continue to build around this like up and coming core that they have like Fred's a huge part of that picture just for like by virtue of like how he works with the team and how he's worked himself into the team like he's He's like the classic case of the guy who like didn't get drafted, came up through, through the G League, you know, like worked and fought for a spot uh, on the bench first, but then like took all of those minutes so seriously. Like I remember I was at the game where he played his first minutes and like I was so thrilled. No, but everyone else was like, who's this guy? But I was like, I was like, I don't know, probably crying. And it was like maybe a minute and a half. And he did like, he did something. I think he like had a great assist or something, but like. <laughs> He never, he just like never takes lightly any opportunity he's given. And I think like that's also kind of an overarching like cultural thing for the entirety of the Raptors roster, which is really special mm -hmm. and I don't think should be ever underestimated. So I think like Fred's progression, if anything, like the more surprising and like really like cool thing to see is from the end of last year and like. You know how fought how hard he fought through the playoffs and the finals is there's this almost and this isn't to say he wasn't like he was an immature player before but there's this like new sense of maturity mm -hmm. and just like real confidence and just like he i really believe in what he says he like doesn't have anything to prove i think a lot of players say that and they do mm -hmm. <laughs> or like they turn around and then are like who who saw me say that i had nothing to prove but i think fred <laughs> is truly just like like no I don't care about that kind of stuff it's not important and like for him the work has always been important and I think like I didn't think he could even get more serious about that but to me it seems like he has so I'm like a little bit afraid of him because I feel like he's just so <laughs> determined and like set on this new path of determination this year Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. 
in these alternate sports realities. Dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. He really does feel like a true pupil of Kyle Lowry. And also, I don't think it can be underrated, the, the still sort of latent effect of DeMar DeRozan on all of these younger guys. Like, this entire shadow core that's come up now and sneakily kind of has a really big year in front of it in terms of proving whether or not it's viable going forward. Like, this whole core began during the DeRozan era, and... I mean, what was the thing about DeRozan that everybody loved? It was the fact that he just, like, never, ever stopped working. He never, ever stopped adding stuff to his game. He never stopped sort of talking himself up. And, you know, obviously that reached a bit of a ceiling, but it does still sort of linger on this team, that same sort of idea. Like, we see Pascal every single summer adding new stuff to his game, and he almost has, like, a DeMar sort of quality to him where it's like... Everyone around the league looks at players who are sort of on the come up and says, all right, if they can add this, if they can add this. It doesn't really feel like an if so much with Siakam as it does just like a when. And that was kind of the case Uh with DeMar outside of three-point shooting. Everything else he added as he went along, and defense, I guess. But, um, like, it it does feel like Siakam just sort of going to figure it out because he's just, he's going to work until he does. And the way he talks about things, and I think... um, I think Will Lou mentioned this on his podcast, or someone mentioned this on a podcast about the Raptors this week that I was listening to. It's just that, you know, when he says it, it sort of carries weight because everything he's done so far, he actually has sort of followed through on, and it it sort of gives you confidence that it's going to happen. And the same thing goes with, like, Fred and even, like, Norm Powell, who, you know, Norm's had an up-and-down career, and honestly, I don't know how much of that is to do with Norm as much as it is to do with sort of the circumstances of the team and the availability of minutes on the wing with DeMar and then Kawhi and then all the sort of flux in those positions. I think Norm is kind of due for, like, a, a real sort of breakout season in a way, you know, maybe it's a little bit later than we would have thought it would come from him as he's a bit of an older guy anyway, but the way... People are talking about him in the preseason. The way people are, the way his role seems to be shaking out, it feels like you know there's going to be room there for Norm to continue to sort of like build, like because he's another one of these Demar-like guys, right? Where maybe it hasn't had the same results of his work that goes in every summer, but he feels like a guy who like doesn't really like to take vacation, doesn't really like to take time off. I know he went to Spain and had a good time, but for the most part, he seems like a guy. <laughs> who is just, you know, the understand the grind. We make so much fun of, like, the bet on yourself and understand the grind brands, but, like, <laughs> they're very real. And, like, I, they kind of make me believe more and more that these guys are going to, like, sort of do what they say and follow in on the, follow up on the talk. Um, how are you feeling about Norm ahead of this season? Like, I, I, am, I tweeted earlier this week that I think he's going to average, like, 15 a game all of a sudden and people are going to be stunned, and I... I grow to believe it more and more every day and I, I don't know I feel really optimistic about him how are you feeling about Norm this year I'll preface by saying before we were going to talk I was like just wanted to look up some of his stats from last year but I googled by complete accident Norman Power and I do feel <laughs> like that is like I don't know pretty accurate um and like at least a little bit indicative of the year he's gonna have i mean poor like not poor norm but like norm is like consistently has these like explosive uh runs in like the playoffs and then this year the finals as well where i think like you get to see 
I think we underestimated like that's him performing like not just that well but like that well under pressure um and I think like the really cool thing in his game is how he even in like these really tight tight spots and like you know intense situations he's like he always he always is able to like add some kind of new thing of like versatility um in like I don't know in like really like moments of like intense pressure and I I don't know like Norm not to say like there isn't there aren't there isn't that kind of pressure that obviously runs through like especially early season games but like maybe that's why we didn't like see the team leaning on him so much in like past years but I don't know like I he's gonna get more minutes this year I think like it's really interesting to think of him playing consistently as like a shooting guard I think that's a really cool thing to think of as you think of like what the team what the like lineups are going to be and which what are the consistent lineups that are going to kind of stick um and again like I think in, in the, like we were talking about maturity in terms of like Fred and like what we're seeing in Siakam and I think like Powell he's a bit older and I guess I totally forgot that he was like 26 yeah <laughs> I just group all the like bench guys as the same little age same (laughs) baby age and they're not babies (laughs) but I don't know it's 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 almost hard to like talk about Paolo in this role because like we've never seen him do it before yeah we haven't really seen him you know we've never seen him be like a regular season guy the only time we really saw it was when he would fill in for Damari Carroll intermittently as the starter and he was like amazing in those games he had like 20 games that season where he started and he averaged like 15 a game and shot 40 percent from three and was awesome and which that like that kind of is what leads me to believe there's a little bit more to unlock with him this year I know people are sort of up and down on Powell and he really only seems to excel against the Bucks and sometimes the Pacers but like he like in the role that I would assume he's gonna have this year which I think he's gonna start at the two and I think he'll probably not close that many games just because I think Fred's probably going to be in there next to Kyle in the backcourt a lot of times mm-hmm. but I think he will close some games and maybe sort of grows into more of a closing role as the season goes along but I do think there's going to be ample opportunity for him this season and this is partly colored by the fact that I don't know how excited I am by many of the guys behind him and OG on the wings like I know Stanley Johnson and Rondé and Terrence Davis and, and Matt Thomas are all there and like Patrick McCaw who I keep forgetting is on the damn team but, like, I think Norm is clearly a cut above all those guys. And I think finally, for the first time in his entire career, with, like, a consistent role that he knows where he's not coming in for one minute at the end of the second quarter under Dwayne Casey and then not getting a chance the rest of the game if he screws up in there, like, I think there's going to be more room for Norm to sort of flex his muscles. And, you know, uh, you mentioned that, like, he's not young I mean none of these guys are really young they all seem to have like extreme dad energy most of these guys on the team <laughs> like it's it's a very wise old team even with the young guys on the team like and I just kind of think like Norm knows what what's up like he knows there's a chance here for him in a way that there wasn't last season with the, the glut of wings that they had and I, I really do think this is going to be sort of a transformative year for him where he goes from people thinking that his contract is a little bit burdensome at ten million dollars a year, which it really isn't that bad, um, into something where like he could you could figure him to be a starter on this team, like a fifth starter on like a really good iteration of this team down the road. And obviously the three point shooting and all that stuff matters, and he's been up and down with that, and he's got to you know figure that out, and we have to actually know what he is as a shooter before we pencil him in into any sort of starting fives. But I think 
there's so much opportunity for him this season to actually have a defined role, which has just not been in there in the past, that I think there's going to be just like like just by default there's going to be more success to be seen from him just because it's just never been the way the situation's been set up for him before yeah and i think like you know you're gonna have to give all these new guys an opportunity to like see how they form up with the team see how they play but i i think even though like powell by virtue of just like being this kind of like as you said derozan like derozan um level player i was gonna say like i don't know (laughs) they're like under the tutelage of demar derozan um but he would be the last one to say like oh i just but i do really think like the franchise kind of owes it to him to give him a fair shot at like some really prime time minutes and Mm -hmm. like playing time Mm -hmm. um but again like i don't think anyone on this team would be like oh like i'm owed it i think they would be the first ones to say like no I gotta I gotta put the work in but like he has and he's like been around through so many like weird eras like Damari Carroll like goodbye where are you now you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) and just like you know guys that were like valued in a much much higher position than him and that didn't really like like yeah like case in point Damari like where are they now (laughs) and like he's on the Bizarro Raptors in San Antonio I know yeah (laughs) I know physically where he is, but I just mean, like, what are we hearing about him? Nothing. Um, But, like, I just, like, I think more than a lot of guys, I want the best for Norman Powell. Mm -hmm. And it makes me nervous to say that because of all these sort of, like, years where it's like, okay, now he's going to get his chance. And then, like, someone else will come in. And, like, so now I'm, like, I really am excited about Stanley Johnson and, like, all those dudes. But I'm also a bit like, hang on, like, slow down. Let's see what Norm can do first. Yeah, Terrence Davis does have a little bit of steal Norm's job energy. Uh, <laughs> he sounds yeah. like he's been very good so far in uh, in training camp and stuff like that. Whatever that means, I don't really know what that means. But I'm looking forward to seeing him in a real game. Um, did you catch the highlights from the scrimmage that went down yesterday? I just saw the dunk. Yeah. Because it was every, everywhere. That was a dunk. <laughs> it was a good dunk. Where are you poor at Serge. on OG? Yeah, poor Serge. Uh, I, I feel like Serge was just being a good teammate, allowing OG to sort of feel himself again after a rough year. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, he, he was intentionally yammed on. <laughs> um, how are you feeling about uh, OG this year? I talked about him earlier this week, but I... Maybe it probably sound like a dumb homer because I'm just like I feel good about this guy. I feel good about this guy. This guy. Oh yeah, he's gonna be great. But I, I don't know. They won a title. I, I feel like they've all earned the benefit of the doubt to some extent. OG didn't play really, but like he's had it, yeah. many good sequences in the past that I think warrant feeling positive about him this year too, considering how sort of lost last year was from all the different angles. I think it's okay to be like I feel good about all these guys and I don't think it's it's weird mm-hmm. or like to say like oh we're done or like it's oversimplification because you know the guys that are like now left on the team and I, I guess I also want to stop saying that like left like you know like it's so bad to be on the Raptors um, <laughs> and, not, and not have like moved to a new team but the, but the 
all of these players are players we've like already known and watched for so long for the most part that like you know them to be consistently good Mm -hmm. and like what we've seen over the summer is like in these small little ways they've improved but like those are the things that are going to really like heighten all their games and again it's just like they put the work in it's like quiet work which is why i think it often goes overlooked by whether it's just like american or like even canadian media just like seeing how the like you know buying into these like preseason rankings Mm -hmm. but like the kind of like quiet and consistent work that the raptors like have always done like guys like og have done it's like yeah they'll go away for a summer and like go to camps uh and train super hard but you don't really see it until they start playing again whereas i think a, a lot of players over the summer after summer vacations are done they i don't know it's just like it seems like it's more there's more press or like coverage behind it but like with og og's more interesting to me and i do also want him to like i feel like he's he feels like he's ready and he super wants to get into it but i also do want him to be careful in terms of like how much time they're giving him and just Mm -hmm. like because he didn't play a lot at the end of last season so i wouldn't want him to like you know not like a load management sense but i just think he should maybe they should ease him yeah into it um just because he hasn't you know he hasn't like played competitive competitive games for a long time um but i feel great about og i think like i thought it was really like sweet and uh, nice in the media day when like you know siakam and fred both got asked about like if he was gonna have the same season that like they had mm-hmm. and they were both like yeah but also but if he doesn't that's like totally fine like he's gonna have he's his, he's gonna have like his season yeah and i think like it's like a pretty good way of looking at it like of course you want og to have the season that siakam had last year but he will have the season that he's gonna have himself which also sounds super dumb oversimplified <laughs> 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 to say <laughs> but i just think in terms of, of like proving it he probably feels really like he was like you know kind of ripped off of half of a season last year and like a really exciting end of that season so you know he's gonna kind of double down when he comes in are you pro are you pro or anti sideburn i like it i think i i don't think i've ever i don't know that i've ever said i'm anti any look that the (laughs) raptors are trying to introduce have i i don't know i think i'm always like yeah let's experiment but yeah let's let's mix it up and you know it's like uh just like not to get too heavy into astrology but we're in Libra right now and Libra is ruled by the planet Venus for those who don't know which is also rules like how you're looking like if you want to change your style up if you want to get a new haircut like this is the right time to do it mm-hmm. this is when you've got the planetary alignment on your side so I think like he picked a great time and it looks great I uh the quote not to get too into astrology is uh, just about the most Katie Hind a possible thing that could have been said on the podcast. Uh, love it. <laughs> I so <laughs> uh, I'm just where saying, where what 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 are we been going? Thinking on? like <laughs> they want to get a haircut or they want to like get a new fall wardrobe as a time. Yes, I I agree. I, so I think there's like this sort of impression that this team is going to be much worse off than it's been in recent years because of the departure of Kawhi and Danny Green. And look, like those are big losses. Don't get me wrong. I realize that. But I would sort of say 
to anyone who sort of is skeptical about this team to compare this roster to the 2017-18 one, the team that won 59 games. And yes, they lost in the playoffs. Yes, it was very bad. But it was still a very successful team that I think if you saw a year like that for this team, you would be blown away and so happy with the amount of success they had getting to the second round and all that stuff. Just a bit of a thought exercise. What's the better roster, 2017-18 or this year, when you factor in Siakam's growth from being a bit part on that team to being what Siakam is now, Fred Van Vliet's growth from being like just sort of a green backup point guard to being you know the dad we've all talked about and you know the OG obviously there's we'll see if he can kind of carry over and have a replicable season to what he had as a rookie but I, I just like with Pascal and the DeMar role and Gasol on this team it really doesn't feel like it's all that different a team in terms of talent from that 2017-18 team and in fact I think maybe some of the pieces fit a little bit better and maybe some of the Efficiency from the top options like Siakam will be even better than it was from, say, DeMar. I, I don't know. How do you sort of compare the two rosters in terms of thinking about how this team is going to look compared to that two years ago? Yeah, I think, like, I think this is the better team. And I think it's because of all those, like, slightly more nuanced things that we said, whether it's, like, more experience, growth, working on their, de- like, the game development, working on, like, I don't know, their physical development like understanding what it is understanding the grind but also understanding what it is to operate like in extreme moments of pressure and like come out at the other end very successful like the best way you possibly could mm-hmm. I think like those are takeaways that like it's experience and it's like you can't really there's like no comparison to it and I think we all felt it and sort of saw it through the playoff run last season but like breaking through these kinds of imaginary barriers that like had been up against the Raptors for every I don't know honestly every like playoffs in recent memory Mm -hmm. where they would like hit a certain point and then everyone would understand and expect that they would just like fuck it up or like fizzle out and (laughs) miss seven tippins at the buzzer yeah (laughs) yeah like there were these like real very real ghosts to exercise and I don't think I don't think people who weren't fans of the team or, like, hadn't gone through all those things really understood that. And to, like, break through those barriers, the, like, clarity of their kind of psyche now Mm -hmm. going into the season is just, like, there is no comparison to it because they've actually never had it before. So I think, like, when you – for me, that's how I look at this team stacking up. Yeah, so the other, like, physical stuff is phenomenal and, like, seeing how this kind of plays out on court, like, I'm super stoked and excited about it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there isn't. There isn't a comparison. And then for all the dudes that like got from that are added into that mix now, they're coming into it like with a clean slate and into a team that has like such a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really fascinated to see how like Stanley Johnson comes along this year with sort of the the tutelage of the Raptors and their system and their player development and all that stuff because that'll be sort of the real test of like what the limits are because I think Stanley Johnson is almost a lost cause considering what the first four years have been and his offense is just so far behind where it needs to be to make him a useful don't say that but like I'm just I think based on the coaching he's had or lack thereof and the sort of just like the purgatory he's kind of been in with the teams he's played for that I think there is a chance that he could be salvaged a little bit here and I'm curious to see 
if the Raptors can do it, because I think that will be like an ultimate telltale sign that, oh yeah, no, this team is ahead of everybody else, and this team can figure shit out that no one else can. And I, uh, not to slight Stanley Johnson or anything, I just, I'm not terribly optimistic, but if there's a team that's going to do it, the track record says it's probably the Raptors. I've got a good feeling about Stanimal. (laughs) (laughs) I do, I really do. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's like a Greg Monroe good feeling or the Fred Van Vliet good feeling, (laughs) but it's a good feeling. (laughs) Uh, good feelings all around. Katie, I think that's probably a good place to leave it for today's show. Uh, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for jumping on. And uh, everyone, read Katie's piece at Uproxx uh, about Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, and the very, very hungry Toronto Raptors. Uh, anything else you would like to plug? Um, yeah, like basketball feelings has always got a little bit. I mean, not as always it got bleak this week, but it did get bleak this week. But mm-hmm. as always... <laughs> Please subscribe to Basketball Feelings if you like. It's on Substack. Um, and then I've got some more, uh, you know, like, I guess they're kind of bleak things <laughs> coming out. <laughs> Working on something about uh, the shelf life of assault allegations against NBA players when it comes to, like, moving from the summer into the preseason and how we all can't forget about these things. So that's really... Um, gonna pump you up <laughs> uh, and yeah you know just like if you really want to get pumped up in a nice way I think everyone will enjoy the, the reading the piece on time about the Raptors being hungry yeah uh, Katie as always thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, we look forward to having you on every week all season long it's gonna be a blast uh, at what I was on Twitter you can find me <laughs> you can find me uh, for significantly less woos at Woodley Sean you can subscribe rate and review this podcast iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play wherever it is you get your podcast it's very much appreciated and uh, yeah that's about it buy We The Champs if you haven't bought it yet it's a good thing I was on Josh Howe's podcast Writer's Right to talk about We The Champs if you want to listen to that as well uh, I had a good chat with Josh over there and uh, lots of fun stuff coming down the pipeline over the course of the season that we'll talk about later anyway that's going to do it thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.